Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and amateur archaeologists. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, numerology, witches in the news, and a spell for your summer travels. Aloha! It's summer. We're sweating. The windows are closed. The fans are off. And I'm fucking moist. Fucking hot. <laughs> it is wet in here. <laughs> it is wet. Also, we are in Tara's new, new bedroom. New, new. Double new bedroom. Double new bedroom. Look at all this space. She moves once a month these days. Look, I, look at my arms. I know. We're not, like, touching the walls. One over here. One over there. It's pretty wild. Major step up from like your cupboard. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not living that here. Well, I guess I'm Harry Potter once he's been to Hogwarts. It's basically a whole dorm. Yeah. And you're treated as the prince. Since you know you killed he who must not be named. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm the boy thing. who lived. You're the boy who lived. And he was like an heir. He had like <laughs> money in the fucking bank. He did, he right? And I was like, why don't we talk about Harry Potter's generational wealth? <laughs> really a conversation okay, we need to because get into. you know that wealth like that cannot be amassed without people taking advantage of other people right so what were the potters really a part of well they were spies right so they were all about narking on everyone <laughs> <laughs> narking and getting money what a great start this is we're doing really well i'm really it's, it the heat's getting to me it's great it's great very moist very wet <laughs> Wet and wild in here, not in the hot way. <laughs> well, you are glistening, but you're also glowing. I am glistening. Look at your shoulders. They are Thank really you. like beautifully tanned. It is peeling. So I got sunburnt. <laughs> Remember how we were like, if you go outside for litha, wear sunscreen. Well, I wasn't outside for litha. I was outside the day before litha. And I put sunscreen on, but I was at a beach, and beaches don't care. <laughs> They do not care. So I was like beet red. I have this really amazing like tan. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. It's like a bra tan. But I guess the one good thing that came out of it because it hurts so, so much is someone said, well, if you're like a lobster, that means you're expensive. And I was like, (laughs) fuck yeah, I am. I'm fucking expensive. That's right. Look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me, please. The treatment for your your skin cancer is going to be real expensive. It's going to be real expensive. Every year, man, I'm like, not this year. And then it happens. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, how? I, I genuinely know. thought you were wearing a white bra. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Oh. Remember when we were bitching about like how cold it was and now it's hot? And like we're just four like episodes ago? <laughs> like genuinely. Can we like ever be happy? No. I mean, no. I can't. You know what my mood's in. That's true. Have you seen That's my true. Venus? It's wild. It's wild. (laughs) Speaking of Litha, when we talked about it on our episode, we mentioned that it was a good time to check resolutions and see how you're doing and stuff. So I wanted us to check in about the resolutions we set on New Year's Eve and figure out if we're leading ourselves to disappointment or if we're... We recorded that episode like a month in advance. We did. So So we weren't ready to check our resolutions at that point. But now we are. But now we are. Or Alicia's decided that we are. I have decided that we are. She's got some things to tell us. We are ready. Listen up. Everybody sit down, grab grab a cold one, and let's listen to how great Alicia's life is going. Thank you. So one of my goals was to work out consistently, and I did not do too well on that, but I am doing better now. 
I think I needed to be at work for a month, like away from New York to be like, all right, I'm going to get my shit together when I go back to New York. So it's day six of having my shit together. So far, so good. I think it takes 14 days to make a habit, like 14 solid days. Also, the gym has air conditioning, so you know. Right, yeah, it's really, it's like a little tiny spa in there right now. Second thing on my list was to take a stand-up comedy class. Have not done that. Skip that. Fuck it. Pass. <laughs> Pass. Third thing, continue creating which yes. B- bitches, guess what? <laughs> guess what we're doing right now? Guess what we're doing right now? It's still going. And even if we're not consistent sometimes, we're still doing it. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's about perseverance, right? Yes. We will not continue recording which, yes, because it is easy, but because it is hard. It is very hard. <laughs> that guy. So how are your resolutions going? Well, my, I mean, one of my resolutions was to get ripped and get a fat ass so that Jason Momoa would love me. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, like, didn't, I'm not really doing. Okay. Um, Even though the air conditioning is in the gym? Yeah, and I never, like, canceled my membership. I think there's something about going back after a long time not being there where I feel like an exceptional amount of shame, and I don't know if, like, when I scan my little Planet Fitness card, the man's going to be like, oh, I see you haven't been here since January, and you only came three times. I actually read an article, and they do not track how often members come. Okay. Like, specific members. So they won't know that you weren't there for, like, five months. Okay, so there goes one of my excuses. Yeah, that's one. The other one is that um, I just don't have that much underwear right now. That's fair. So if I sweat through it and then I have to change again for the evening, that's two pairs of underwear in one day and I just do not have the money on my laundry card for that. Okay. At this moment. That's like the best excuse I've heard. Yeah. Um, But honestly, like moving into this new place where I have like greater access to a kitchen or like not turbulent access to a kitchen... Mm -hmm. um, which sounds cryptic. <laughs> it is cryptic. Continue. <laughs> it's um, like changed my relationship a little bit to my body and like a little bit to food. I mean you're actually eating or? Well, yeah. Well, I'm cooking. That's good. And eating and eating things that I wouldn't normally get to eat. Okay. And up until this point in my life, I've not enjoyed cooking. I've, I've enjoyed baking, mm. but I've never really enjoyed cooking in the sense that it's like I'm going to spend half an hour for something I'm going to spend 15 minutes eating eating, right wow 15 well yeah i try to pace it out yeah i mean because you're like i've spent so much money and time chopping these garlics and these onions and these arugulas like eating more fruits Mm -hmm. just like being able to linger i guess i don't know in the in the kitchen and have more complex meals instead of just like ordering takeout like having which to is order delicious. so much. It's delicious, but I like can feel it in my body. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh. You're like carrying it the I whole time. I carry it mm-hmm. all day. My other one was like, I think I talked about how for so long my New Year's resolution was to practice listening. Yes. Which I always, you know, I still do. But my other New Year's resolution was to practice like being okay with voicing my opinions, making my opinions known and like giving to like communities and, mm-hmm. you know, groups and stuff like that which I honestly like I feel like I've been trying a lot over the past like few months to do and I do not feel like it's been received that well if I can be like kind of brutally honest like I feel like even today at work it was kind of like oh I'm like a woman I'm a small woman with a small voice and up to this point the system and the structure of my relationship to to the people I work with Mm -hmm. have been set for so long 
and that I have performed this role as supportive. And now that I very much am actively trying to become someone that elevates and pushes forward whatever we're doing, there is the sense that I am overstepping my boundaries sometimes. From yourself or from others? Obviously, I, only, I live inside my body, so I can only think from my perspective. Mm-hmm. That, like, this is what I think other people are thinking, and I'm not a psychic, so... Except, I do think that my opinions are val- valued by other women. I think the other women in my life, honestly, have been more receptive. Yeah. I do not think the men in my life have been. And that is disappointing, but it's also, t- like, telling of how, up to this point, how I have carried myself, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I'm like, I've created this environment where this is the, up to this point, I have performed this role. Maybe you need to have like a grease moment and just like become bad girl Sandy. Dude, maybe. And just be like, fuck off. I really like the way that Corinne Fisher from Guys We Fuck talks about like the industry and talks about like women in business and how we spend so much time like thinking about how other people receive us and how other people are feeling that we actually don't get in uh, we don't have enough space in our brains you know mm. we don't give enough time to our own personal projects and stuff like that and how like fucked up that is mm-hmm. and how when we like work against that or try to like push push up against that barrier that like we're viewed as a bitch yeah and i really hate that there are people out in the world that think i'm a bitch or maybe you just need to embrace the bitch. Honestly, and this is from someone who has pretty much just embraced the bitch. Yeah. And I've always admired that Thank about you. you. Like a great deal. I was listening to the Lady Sovereign song earlier today, Love Me or Hate Me. And the lyric is, if you love me, thank you. If you hate me, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's me. That's me. That's me. I love that. Did you sing about me? Do I get rights? Do I get money from this song? Hey. Also, I have to show you a picture of my niece. Literally, look at her. Oh. They put her in like a fucking tub of that milk bath water, like a goddamn sophisticated model. She's wearing a fucking bow. That bitch has no hair. (laughs) She looks amazing. I am so impressed and so proud. She has to be a Gerber baby. That's it. Like she's in a tub and she has both of her arms like to the Like she's sitting in a fucking hot tub. Like she's a fucking CEO. Yeah. Like, looking up at, like, one of her many bitches. I love that. That's who I want to be. I want to be this child. I, I like, texted Alicia and I was like, how is it that your brother Kyle had any hand in creating this beautiful child? I like what Marcel said. He only assisted. (laughs) I'm, like, afraid that I can't have children now because what if it's uglier than Charlotte, you know? Like, there is actual real competition. There is, right, yeah, and she said the bar high. There is one more thing before we go. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Let's (laughs) continue. One more thing. Yes. Um, And I'll make it really fast. Okay, so I don't know how many of you are politically active, and I don't know how many of you are in America or the U.S. of A. So, to qualify for the next Democratic national debate, participants are required to hit 2% in four approved polls released between June 28th and August 28th. But they also have to collect contributions from a minimum of 130,000 unique donors. That's like individual people. Okay? I don't By have to donate money yet. August 28th. Uh. So these are the people that have already qualified. So if you're only interested in these people, then don't worry about it. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, 
Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg are the only ones who have qualified so far. So if you want to see anyone else, all you have to do, this is all you can do, basically. There are going to be these polls that come out or have already started to come out between June 28th and August 28th, and you're just going to participate in those polls. That takes nothing. And then you're going to donate $1. It can be as much as $1 to the participant that you want to see back on that stage. Not less than $1. $1. I mean, I don't know, but my idea is that, like, you're just going to donate $1. And that doesn't mean that, like, I mean, you can donate to multiple people. This is just I want to hear these people talk about their plan if you're interested in anyone else besides basically all these pretty established people, that's what you're going to need to do. And you have until August 28th to do it. Okay? Okay. okay. So, business aside. Business aside. All right. So, what are, Alicia, what are we talking about today? We're talking about fucking numbers. Numbers? I don't want to listen to the numbers. Neither I'm about feelings and emotions. Yeah, guys. Just turn off the podcast now. We're talking about numerology. <laughs> Ooh, math. How'd you do in math? Um, depends when I took it. <laughs> what level of math? I did really good at geometry. I did not. I did very bad at all others. I did very good at the one math course I had to take in college because okay, I studied yeah. very hard yeah. and I got an A. Oh, good job! Oh, wow! Yeah, I know. I like really killed the game. Then here I am. And this is where it got you. You too can host a podcast in a bed in a bedroom mm-hmm 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 you too can too can you all right so show me the numbers show me the evidence i want to i want to see the the science all right so what the fuck is numerology so numerology is the belief in the divine or mystical relationship between numbers and reality numerology studies the numerical value of the letters and words names and ideas they can divine meaning from numbers and dates. Example, your birthday, 9-11. Are those the only dates we know? Those are the That's only it. ones in our example. Christmas? Christmas? <laughs> My cat's birthday. That's still a birthday. Fuck. I don't know any other dates. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Okay, I know that one. Wait, what year was that? 17. I don't know. When was the Alamo? Those are the only things I can remember. I don't remember what the fuck the Alamo is. The car <laughs> rental agency? No. It was like a... Tell in me. In Texas during the Mexican-American War. Uh-huh. And there was a battle there. And the Alamo itself was like uh, some sort of structure that they fought in. And it was the Americans fighting in Texas. Anyway. Anyways. And um, I think um, Davy Crockett was there. Was he made up? Well, Who had the ox? The That's blue ox. Paul Bunyan. What are the names? How did I get here? Ooh, it's hot, isn't it? I know. <laughs> We're melting. Ooh. We're spiraling. Okay. Oh, if anyone cared, it's November 5th, 1605. <laughs> Guy Fox Night. Put it in your calendar. And it's not super uncommon for numerology to be used alongside astrology and other similar divinatory practices. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. I think we mentioned the use of numerology in certain tea leaf reading practices. I think so. Like in the cups, like they had those like specially designed cups mm. where they were like on the inside are like astrology things or they can be like the numbers of suits or they can be numerology, stuff like that. It seems to me 
I may be ignorant, but it seems that like all of these different kind of divinatory practices can weave in and out of one another. And it really just is about creating more substance to whatever you're interested in. The only thing I remember from that episode is getting the tea leaves stuck in my teeth. Oh, yeah. And they tasted real bad. I don't even remember what I got. It's been months. I have all of that tea still. Ew. I know. I mean, it smells nice, I guess. Um, so numbers are the universal language. So allegedly everything in the world is dependent upon the mystical properties of numbers. And these properties come from the numbers cosmic vibration. Kind of like crystals, vibrating qualities, things that vibrate. So when people talk about like vibrational levels and like maybe we can even like go into this in a separate episode, like there are different, there are these different kind of vibrational levels like cosmically Mm -hmm. and that like you as a living creature can psychically activate or sort of navigate these vibrational levels. Mm -hmm. So a low vibrational person is often someone that, um, is interested in pleasures of the flesh, not necessarily like super sexual, but like pleasures of the flesh, like drugs Hmm. and like violence and like, you know, so much of their immediate response to the world is anger, which is low vibrational or like deep depression, which is low vibrational. And then high vibrational people or high vibrational emotions are active things, Mm. things that propel you forward, things that are positive. High vibrational people tend to be highly spiritual, not necessarily religious, but highly spiritual Mm -hmm. and like moving, complex, amorphous. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like... I've just never heard of this before. Really? I like... Mm -hmm. Well, 100% anytime I have like a bad interaction with like someone in customer service or like someone on the train I'm like just having a low vibrational day their vibrations are low my vibrations are high and I cannot allow their vibrations to leak on top of me so it seems that also numbers have a relationship to this and I thought it was really interesting that kind of relates into our next topic which is like where does this come from so um we're gonna go way way back okay close your eyes past we're Guy going Fox into Day? the past. Ooh, super past. Super past. Jesus okay. ain't even born yet. Dude, super old, stinky, okay. dirty, dusty. Dinosaurs? Nope. Nope. Later than the dinosaurs. Okay. Earlier than Jesus. We're going back to ancient Greece. Okay, Ooh, that's man. sweet spot. Ooh, that's sweet, that good spot. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a woman or a person of color. So, yes. Pythagoras, the triangle guy, mm-hmm. is the guy that came up with numerology. He was an ancient Greek philosopher from like 569 BC. And yeah, he's like the guy from math class. And he became interested in numerology because he created this connection between music and numbers. He discovered like the numerical relationship between how string instruments vibrate and the scales. And also, I don't know if this is a myth. It was like in a play that I saw one time, but Mm -hmm. like... He was also like really big into vegetarianism. So I was like, all right, Pythagoras, I see you, Thag. I see you. I don't care if it's a myth. It's fact now. <laughs> so Pythagoras and his followers became interested in the mystical potential of numbers after discovering that if you added up any series of odd numbers, beginning with the number one, the result is always a square number. So it's like there's all of these like math. Like math, it has all of these different kinds of systems set up where there are absolutes. And you talked about earlier that math is the universal language because math doesn't change between, you know, my language, English, to Chinese, to Synthi, to German. I mean, there's a reason that on like all of the probes that we send out into space, like we talk about math. 
I mean... Aliens know math, too. Aliens would know math, right? Like, it's obvious. One. Singular. Like, the concept of one. The concept of zero. Anyway. So, Pythagoras believed that mathematical concepts were more practical than physical ones and came to the conclusion that anything and everything can be described in terms of numbers and proportions. And they came to this idea that all is number. Mm. All is number. So, this is like one of those... Like coloring books where there's a number and you have to color mm-hmm. based on that number. Mm-hmm. Except okay. that number and that color says something about you and what's wrong with you. Oh, cool. Well, let me tell you all your faults. Anyway, please continue. And so one of the other things that I thought was really interesting, and maybe this is like sort of romantic of me, mm-hmm. but I thought it was interesting that Pythagoras thought that it was up to humans to discover the divine nature of numbers. It was like one of our quests as human beings that we were put on this earth to like discover and decipher this like magical cipher of numbers. And I was like, oh, wow. Tara, this man sounds like a fucking nerd. <laughs> hey, but he grows a good beard. So do a lot of I very bet he bad loves- men. <laughs> But I love, bet he loves IPAs and good music, too. I bet he, he would. I bet he would. All right. So, like, how does this shit work? Basically, through a series of different systems that we're going to talk a little bit about later, these systems have diverse meanings. You take an existing name, date, idea, event, whatever. I don't care. You assign a number to the letters if there are letters, add them up, and you'll get a single-digit number, and that single-digit number has some shit to say. Excellent. Good. The different systems, and I'm not going to go into all of them because they're cuckoo crazy. The first one is Pythagoras numerology, which is a method that uses an individual's name and date of birth. The name number reveals the individual's outer nature. So kind of like you're rising. Okay. Okay. And then I can follow. And then your birth number reveals your inner nature. So that's like your moon and then potentially also like your sun. Okay. They also have master numbers, which do not get reduced to a single digit. So it's like... 11, 22, and 33. Are those the numbers? They are quote-unquote master numbers, which like if they show up in... Okay, like I did so much research and there are so many different ways of doing this. Some people were like, if 11 comes up, like you should pay attention to that 11 and 11, 22, 33 like has something to say about that. But then you also need to get to like your single digit number. But if you end up like after coming down all the way to an 11, it's like bananas. Yeah. Like I can't... sounds like a lot. I'm like, how do you have time? I don't know. Do you not have a job? Probably not. So there's also alphabetic numerology, which assigns numbers to letters with the alphabet and then divines meaning from those numbers. And they're actually really prominent in some Jewish traditions that your words have mystical meaning due to their numerical significance. Hmm. So like the words that you speak or certain like mystical or spiritual phrases have numerical value and it is from that numerical value that they derive their significance. The child... Dion or Chaldean? Chaldean system, which like I was gonna go into, but it it's like bonkers. Like Babylonian and they only use one through eight, and I was like, we don't need to do this. But they also kind of had a thing about like the power of words and like the vibration of words. Okay. And the other one that I thought was really interesting is Chinese numerology. So if we define numerology as attention to the mystical power of numbers. Chinese numerology is the oldest form of numerology, but Chinese numerology does not incorporate math in addition. So if numerology is an umbrella, Mm -hmm. all of these other systems are underneath that umbrella and then have umbrellas underneath them. Okay. 
Chinese numerology is underneath numerology, but then has its own systems within it. Mm. And then Chinese numerology seems to be primarily concerned with lucky numbers and unlucky numbers, as opposed to like deciphering codes. And they are characterized as good or bad based on homophones. Okay. So Alicia and I took Mandarin Chinese in college. <laughs> we did. Like Dwei Bu Chi all the way. Dwei Bu Chi, baby. <laughs> to all of our witches. Dwei Bu Chi for this conversation. <laughs> so the number three... Okay, so it's like tonal, right? So it's like there's sun and then there's sheng, which means to live or life. So it's considered a good number. But sun is also similar to san, which means to split or to separate. So it's also a bad number, which I was like, what is it? You guys got to choose. Got to pick the one. Chinese pick the Chinese are too side. smart for this to happen. <laughs> They're too complex that I cannot get on their level. A choice needs to be made. But the easy one, I think, to understand is the number four. Okay. So, tsu, tsu is considered an unlucky number in Chinese because it is, is a clear homophone to the word tsu, which means death. Damn. Tsu is like our equivalent of number 13, where mm-hmm. it actually doesn't show up in a lot of building. My roommate Casey, friend of the pod Casey, was talking about how in Taiwan, like there will not be like a number four floor in buildings. Ooh, spooky. So it's like, it's it's very real. Like it's a very much like a part of like understanding that world. So I thought that was really interesting. So there are all these there are all these systems. I don't want to do all the math. So what math should we focus on? I put down Chinese numerology because I'm not Chinese. Yes. And I put down alphabetic numerology because I'm not Jewish and also Pythagorean numerology incorporates alphabetic numerology. Okay. So I was like this has um like puzzles. So we're going to look at just Pythagorean numerology, but I want you to know that, like, if you are interested in these other systems, like, we can totally look into it. And, like, if you want us to talk about them, you should DM us and let us know, like, hey, I want to know what this Babylonian numerology is all about, and then maybe we'll do a mini-sode about it. Yeah, slide into our DMs, baby. Bitch, I don't got time right now to do a whole episode about everybody. I mean, this is about numbers, guys. So, like, really consider if you want to hear more. (laughs) Okay, so we're doing Pythagorean numerology. And I wanted to tell you how you're supposed to use these fucking numbers. Okay. For, like, actual things in your life. Perfect. Let's do it. So, number one, there's a life path number. So, this is the path of your life and what you're going to be working on in this life. This uses your birthday and identifies your skills and abilities, the negative traits that you must balance, and even the motivation and purpose of your life. So, you take your birthday... What's your birthday? October 29th, 1991. So you're going to add up the month, the date, and the year separately. And then you're going to add those numbers together. So it's not, you're not taking 10 plus 29 plus 1991. That's stupid. I don't personally think it's stupid. It makes sense to me. But what you're going to do is 1 plus 0 for the 10, 2 plus 9 for the 29, 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 1 for the 1991. Okay. Then you're going to keep adding... Until you get to a two-digit number. Okay. And I want you to hold on to that number and you're going to write it down. Okay. That's not your life path number, but it is important. Pay attention to it. Okay. So my number's 32. Your number is 32. Got it. Then you're going to take that 32 or whatever that two-digit number, add that together. It's going to create a single-digit number, which is going to be your life path number. And that should be a one out of nine unless that two-digit number was a master number. 11, 22, or 33, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, which is not me. Which is not you. So you can Google whatever your life path number is, but again, 
to reiterate, 112233, that's fine. You keep that number. That's going to have its own Don't system. Don't touch it. Don't fucking touch it. You're special, okay? We all get that you're special, Marissa. Special. Yeah. Okay, so that is going to be similar to like your regular horoscope, what it says about your personality, difficulties, weaknesses, strengths, ways that you shine. Perfect. That two-digit number, though, the one that you did before you reduced it down to the single-digit number, Mm -hmm. that's your karmic debt number. What does that mean? When you're doing the math, if that number is 13, 14, 16, or 19, that is a karmic debt number. And it doesn't just show up in your life path. It can show up in anywhere within your numerical chart. Okay, cool. And that is going to inform what that debt is. So if that debt is in your life, whether it's in like your heart, whether it's in like your family, that debt is something that you have done in a past life, which like we're going to need to talk about that eventually, like past lives and stuff. But it is a spiritual debt that you have accumulated. And to make up for those past errors, your life may have additional turbulence to learn those lessons. So it may clue you into why you have a hard time with relationships, why you might have some sort of like substance abuse in your family if you have a karmic debt number in your family number. So, but there's only four numbers. But there's only four numbers. So, so you're, I'm good. You're fine. I'm basically in 32 is good. Okay, good. Yeah, like you're basically the Buddha. But basically there. this is just your life path number. So okay. you may have it somewhere else in your chart. The expression or destiny number is coded by your full name. So some sources went back and forth on whether it has to be the name on your birth certificate. And here's what I want to say. Tell me. I'm give, I'm getting up on my soapbox. Good. Instead of 5-2, no, I'm 5-6. She's standing. Here I am. I'm grabbing the mic. Grab it. Don't drop it. They're expensive. If using the name on your birth certificate gives you gender dysphoria or hurts you in any way, maybe when you were 18, you changed your last name to your mom's last name because your dad fucking sucks. Or maybe your birth name is Samantha, but your name is actually Eddie. I want you to use whatever fucking name you use, right? Like it. And people go back and forth on whether or not it's your chosen name is more important because your destiny is picked. is like a choice that you choose every day or like the name that your parents gave you is like more important because it is like this path that you were set upon. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, just choose a fucking number. Choose a name. Choose a number. Call it a day. Call it a day. It's like witches live in the fucking woods because the rules and strictures of man could not contain us. And Pythagoras is fucking dead. So like go fucking cry about it, okay? Like just what I want you to do is feel good about these numbers. Do we think Pythagoras was his real name? Do it was it? I don't know. I bet he was a Chad. So to decode your destiny number, just like Google numerology alphabetic chart, they assign a number one through nine to each letter. Then you're just gonna like add those motherfuckers up. So I went through and did Alicia Marie Herder. That's me. And it's a one three nine three nine one four one nine five nine eight five nine four five nine. And then your destiny number is four, but then you had a karmic number of thirteen. Feel of karmic debt. Like Google it, man. I don't fucking know. So I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> there's a bunch more numbers just like in your chart. There's more than like your sun and your moon. There's the name ruling number, the family ruling number, the soul number, or the heart's desire number, which is based on vowels in your name. The potential number, the maturity number, the main challenge number, or the third challenge number, the happiness number, the inner dreams number, which is based on the consonants in your name, and then the planes of expressions number. There's like probably more numbers that I don't even know about. Yeah, that sounds pretty crazy. I would just take a, take an evening, 
get yourself a glass of wine and a calculator and do some math. Like, get real sexy about it. Are we still talking about numbers? No, it's time. Are for... we done with the numbers? Are you done? Are you ready to be done with the numbers? Because I'm. Ooh, got a little. It's urgent. Little wonky that urgent. Time. All right. Breaking news. Breaking news, witches. First on the docket, owner of Britain's most haunted house tries to sell this former witch jail. In Essex, hello UK. Lots of problems in the UK. They keep popping up, you know. In Essex, this residential building, formerly known as The Cage, is now on the market. Vanessa Mitchell has owned the building since 2004 and is ready to give it up. What? She claims that there are evil spirits living inside the building. Back in the 16th and 17th centuries, The Cage was used to hold women, men, and children who were accused of witchcraft. The Cage held the accused, who were part of the St. Osset witch trials back in 1582, which is very, very similar to the Salem witch trials of America. Essentially, one woman was accused of witchcraft and had to name names. Three were known to have been killed by these witchcraft accusations. The building is on the market for 476000 USD. And although Vanessa Mitchell is now selling it, she has not lived in the building for 15 years. Apparently, there was an occurrence of mysterious blood Batterings and several ghost sightings, including a satanic-looking goat, what which is, is a why satanic, she fled. What is a satanic-looking goat? I think it's just a black goat. Right. That, like, has the devil speak through it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, he, she didn't say satanic-sounding goat. She said satanic-looking goat, which I think is profiling. You know, but in her defense, have you ever looked a goat in the eyes? No, I'm not an idiot. I know they'll take my soul. Okay. Soul gone. They're terrifying. Their eyes, their pupils are like yeah, up and down slits. Yeah, I don't know where they're looking. I don't know how much they can even see. They could probably see all. Yeah. So, Tara, you want to buy a house? Okay, but how um, how much? 476000 That's it. I bet um, if you stopped paying rent. How's your credit? It's okay. I'm in the 600s. So I might be able to get not a great loan. Are we going to live there? Um, are we going to invite ghost adventures? We're going to do our Ouija episode there. <gasps> yes. Yeah, I guess lots of news crews come all the time just to film the ghost sighting. <gasps> That's so creepy. It sounds like a great investment. Yeah, and we probably make a lot of money. It sounds like something that kind of just needs to be burned to the ground because it's obviously And haunted. like released, yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like, okay, here, quick aside. What are the ethical boundaries of like ghost houses, haunted houses, ghost adventures, when, like, there are things that release supposedly, allegedly, ghosts from being trapped on this earth. Like, couldn't mm-hmm. you go in and, like, instead of filming ghost activity for your TV show on HBO, could you maybe just, like, go in and help those ghosts move on to the next life? Oh, like a Casper kind of thing. Yeah. You know what? This sounds like a great reality TV show. It's like um, Queer it's like Eye for loser. ghosts. Oh, for ghosts. We're going to help you get your life back on track. Queer eye for ghosts. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. All right, ready for the one that's going to ruin you? No. Yes. Three years later, the child who was left to starve because he was a witch. All right, you've probably seen this picture of this kid a few years back, although you may not have known exactly what was happening there. So a Nigerian child, now by the name of Hope, was rescued by a Danish nonprofit organization that I'm only going to say once, and I'm going to say it wrong, and it's like, Dino Diel. I tried. Back when he was a starved toddler. Good job. So 
Tara, click on that link and look at this picture of him when they found him. And I will allow you to have that reaction. It's loading. Okay. <gasps> oh, baby, so small. Oh, naked baby. Yeah. Naked baby in the streets. Yeah. <gasps> you can see his rib cage. <gasps> oh, so God, he's so small. Look at his legs. Oh, he's, oh, God, the way he walks, but he's still smart. Oh, God, no. He had worms. Yeah. Okay, you can stop now. Okay. I think they got the point. Okay, so, so they took him and gave him a new name. Yes. So when I was doing initial research on this, I watched a YouTube clip where this kid that you just described, which is as horrifying as she just described, was just, like, walking around like little kids do, and he just, like, fell on the ground and I like started crying because he's literally just skin and bones and I was like it did he break yeah. like I was so concerned in that I was moment. like his chest his rib cage is fully exposed and then there is one like you can see his spinal it's like as if he has no organs as if his organs have moved completely into his chest for protection it's so so sad oh god so sad Anyways, he's healthier now. He lives at the orphanage that that organization runs in Nigeria. And he is happy and healthy. And he looks so fucking fly. Like, he looks good. And it's truly heartwarming to see such a transformation happen. I know we talk a lot about elderly people being accused of witchcraft. But it also happens to children as well. In rural areas of Nigeria specifically, children can be accused of witchcraft by a family member, people from the village, or even a priest. So normally, the accusations do not come from the child's parents. However, once the child is accused, the parents have to take the child to witch doctors or exorcisms. And then, of course, all of this costs money and Mm -hmm. it puts the whole family at risk of, like, being murdered. Oh, my God. By, like, having this child who other people have deemed are a witch. So this accounts for the parents being forced into abandoning their child who are now left to defend, like, fend for themselves on the streets. And, like, that's unfortunately what happens to the lucky children. Other children accused of being witches are at risk of being beaten to death, burned alive, buried alive, or even beheaded. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's a very serious accusation and almost crueler than the elderly people being killed because no one has motivation to kill a baby. No, baby's not going to do anything they to haven't you. Done that's anything. a baby. They don't own land. There's really, you know, yeah, it's and they very don't sad. own land. What does this do for you? How do you gain anything from this? Yeah, I don't oh, know. God, and it just all comes down to superstitions of witchcraft and how different they are depending on what part of the world you live in. Um, but I'm very happy for baby Hope. Apparently, he's on their little trek team. Oh, that's so cute. At the orphanage, yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, he's God, so Hope. Cute. I know. Oh, God. I don't know how many more of these stories about people being taken advantage of. It's like every episode. Yeah. And I am just overcome with how no one is talking about. It's such a niche thing, though. Like, it's kind of like you wouldn't know about it if you're not actively looking for it. But it seems, it's like, there's, it's so prevalent. Yeah. All, like, all over the world. hmm And it's killing babies and grandmas and moms and, like... Yeah. It blows my mind. God, please, can we... Go on to something happier? Please! All right. I love the sandwich. 
I have the, this compliment sandwich. Good, bad, good. All right, so let's God. get to the next piece it's of bread. It's a Reuben. It's sour in the middle. <laughs> sour. It's not supposed to taste good. You can go to an actual school for witches and wizards in England. Okay, all right, cool. All right, we following this? All right, all right. All right, take me on this journey. So in East Sussex, which I, I personal aside, Essex, Sussex, this is all too, too much. No, no, no. Get wild. Can it's, you? I can't. British people, calm down. I don't know. This... This is crazy. That was probably like when someone made Arkansas and then Kansas. And it's like, why is it <laughs> not Arkansas? Yeah. Anyway, so UK, y'all wild. But in East Sussex, you too can attend the Bothwell School of Witchcraft. It is a four-day school in the Hurstmonceau Castle. The castle was built in the 15th century, very Hogwartsy, and it's on 300 acres of land with Elizabethan gardens and a fucking moat. Oh my god, a moat? A moat. F- for safety? And it looks stunning. Oh god. That's it. It looks stunning. So when you arrive at Bothwell, you will be sorted into a house. Oh yay. Oh yeah, that's who's all we care about. Who's the good one? I and know. who's the bad one? Because I don't know. Into the pussy one. I think you have to like go and then you find out what's happening. You are also given the option of being a teacher or a student. And you receive character cards. So this is kind of like role-playing games. Oh, yay. Yeah, this is where it lost me. I was like, nah, I just want to be myself. But you are (laughs) encouraged to add your personal characteristics to the character you're playing and to have fun with it. Okay, I love fun. Good, good, good. Then they'll love you. The lessons that the school teaches range from alchemy to falconry. Holy shit. And it ends with a lavish ball and banquet (gasps) on the final evening in the main hall. A party? A party. So ticket packages vary, but a standard ticket is about $713 USD, which covers three nights accommodation, all meals, and your robes and a tie. Oh, I get a tie, though. Okay. I get a tie. Yeah. Probably worth it. I mean, falconry. <laughs> Next um, time we get a tax rebate, this is what we'll do. Okay. If I get money. Yeah, so maybe money. next next time next, when I'll save next. mine and then I'll we'll do it twenty twenty one. Yeah, after the first woman president is elected. Oh, <laughs> she's crying. <laughs> See, but, and we'll person? feel like so much could be accomplished, and that we deserve to spend fourteen hundred dollars to go to England for a witchcraft school. Baby school costs more than that. We gotta get plane tickets. Okay, but by then I would have married a pilot. Oh, so it's free. Mm-hmm. How do you meet pilots in New York City? Um, you go to the Guardian. The only pilots I know about are on the Bachelorette. So maybe one of us should become the Bachelorette, which you can only become the Bachelorette if you're on the Bachelor and you're a fan favorite. So maybe we'll apply for the Bachelor. Okay, great, done, easy. Anyway, if this is something you're interested in and can afford, you can see our show notes for more information. And also you have to tell us everything about it, oh especially God. the goss. I want to know what the houses are. I want to know who's the hot house, who's the ugly house. No, I want to know who's hooking up with who because it's three nights, no boundaries. Do they separate boys and girls? I don't know. Dude, what are they wearing under those robes? Me, you, just a tie? I it's supposed to be in like August too, so would that be hot? Does England get hot? Okay, let's look it up. Okay. August weather averages for London, UK, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 21 degrees what? Celsius. That's the high. The low is 57 degrees Fahrenheit, 14 degrees Celsius. It's fucking cold. Yeah. You, do you guys even have pools? What oh, man. No wonder it? everyone immigrated to America. 
moving into our final segment. Oh man, take a big stretch. I know you're probably in the middle of your day. Ooh, reach your hands to the sky. Ooh, reach as tall as you can. As if little strings are holding on to your fingers, reaching towards the sun. And then I want you, as if those rings have been cut, to just let those hands and arms and elbows and shoulders hang loose like a marionette cut from her captor or like a ditto from pokemon oh melted and yeah like globby globby yeah yeah just embrace the glob embrace the glob and i want you to tilt your head to the left as tilt if you're your head sort of like to a, the right like a confused puppy tilt your head to the right confused about something else i'm a puppy i'm confused about a lot of things do the hokey pokey take a deep breath from your belly release it it's the spell and alicia has chosen it for she is our shepherd and what was the spell alicia travel safety charm oh i love safety i'm all about it we love safety so i hope you all are traveling it's the summer you should be traveling if you're not traveling um, so just just cut it off staycations now. staycations fine yeah be safe in your own neighborhood so this charm is for safety while traveling and it's very very easy all you need is a turquoise and what you're going to do is you're going to enchant the turquoise and this can even be like a necklace or bracelet or a ring or it can just be a standalone stone it doesn't really matter and what you're going to say is turquoise strength turquoise might Protect me on my travels tonight, wherever I go, wherever I roam. Let me be as safe as when at home. So then just keep your turquoise stone in your pocket or wear your turquoise jewelry on holiday. And happy safe travels. And thank you to Tudor Beth for today's spell. Oh man, thank you. If you live in New Mexico, this was very easy for you to do. (laughs) Or Arizona. Or Arizona. Those two. Remember that like wet jet wet desert no the west desert (laughs) what's the wet desert that's me oh man and we have a very special thank you for today which i like was so take i was honestly very moved each time it happens i'm very moved so we would like to thank john patterson who donated to which yes oh my gosh oh my goodness we love him he's a stay-at-home dad hey daddy (laughs) engineer by trade and finds himself a closeted kitchen green witch which i mean you don't have to be closeted anymore baby come join the coven that's it that was like my initial introduction to witchcraft in a lot of ways besides like media and stuff like that Mm -hmm. was like okay how can i take the thing like something i'm already doing and how can i create power and intention and magic and bring it into my own life and how can i gift that to other people and that was through baking and cooking i mean i don't want to knock any ceremonial witches who love their knives but i got soft spot for kitchen witches also john we have to say marcel was very touched he and maybe even cried (laughs) allegedly cried allegedly no one was there he see he says he did and he's a cancer like he probably did cry. the literal text was make sure he knows that I cried. But we know our baby producer trying to take all the thunder right now. Yeah, can you calm down? All right, so this has been Witch Yes, and everyone should message Marcel Perez, our producer, and wish him a happy birthday. 
Even if it's already passed, just wish him happy birthday. Wish him happy birthday and wear sunscreen. Reapply the sunscreen. And let us know what your your numbers are. Because Alicia and I are fives, apparently, in our life path number. So, like, what are you? And are we compatible? Can we be friends? I don't know. We would like to send our special thanks to our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, our audio editor, Mike Bobrinskoy, and Kevin McLeod for our witchy theme song. And you! Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get podcasts. We don't advertise, so our podcast grows through word of mouth. Tell your friends, your best friends, your witch friends, your secret friends, and your enemies. And we'll see you soon. In the DMs. In the DMs. Your DMs. Because I'm DMing you asking, did you tell your friends? (laughs) Because we creepy like that. All right. Bye. Bye. And this has been Witch Yes. Yes. Thank you.